This is the Growth and Greatness e-commerce podcast, powered by Right Hook Digital, with your hosts Scott Seward and Raymond Johnston. If you're an e-commerce brand founder, entrepreneur, or marketer looking to accelerate profitable growth for your business, then listen in, because this is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, we are joined by the founder of Consistent Performance Mentoring, Kili Marquette. So we jump on calls pretty regularly and, and discuss everything around optimizing your life for better performance. So sleep, routine, mindset, consistency, flow, diet. Uh, there's so many aspects of this. Uh, I, I'm very much into that world of trying to get the most out of out of every day that I can to make sure that I'm as productive during my work hours as possible. So this is a really enjoyable discussion. Hopefully there's some insights for you as to how you can start getting the most out of your days and what habits you need to build to allow that to happen. So let's dive in. Enjoy. All right. Pumped to be here. Killian, thank you for joining us. It's um, always, always exciting to talk about mindset, um, you know, getting the best out of yourself, performance. You know, everyone in our circle, I feel like, typically comes from that growth mindset. So I think this is really relevant to it. You know, most people in the marketing and entrepreneurial space, and and you know, any any e-commerce entrepreneur, you know, especially. So, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and and how you got into into the area of like um, you know p- performance mentoring. Yeah. First of all, thank you very much for having me on the show, Scott. Super pumped to be here on our last podcast. That was so much fun to dive into all of these routines and habits. I had so much fun. So this one is also going to be good. Yeah. So for everybody uh, wondering what I do, I own a coaching business and basically we help agency owners and e-commerce entrepreneurs to really level up their daily energy and their daily performance, right? So a lot of guys, they've heard about all of these things like high performing habits and you should do this and that. But the biggest thing people struggle with is consistency, right? Really stay in and day out doing what you know you should be doing in business, but also in your personal life. And so that's really what we specialize in. So do you hit those consistent high energy levels, but also those con- that consistent performance throughout the day and all with that goal that you grow your business the most efficient, effective way possible, but don't sacrifice yourself, your health, you know, uh, along the way or burnout. And so how I got started with all of this, that was years ago. Oh, I, I used to work in corporate, worked in a multinational in, in Germany. And so I've seen guys, you know, working a lot, really grinding out, like working all day, having high status there, meeting to meeting and really, you know, like high on the corporate ladder. And it dawned on me that like these people had been doing that for decades and they were not really happy. That's the one thing. You saw it on their bodies, they, they were deteriorating and they, are, they had no time for anything else. And so I thought, yeah, it's awesome to have big goals. You know, we're all growth mindset uh, driven and to have these goals in business, uh, but not if it comes at the expense that you have no time for anything else, you're sacrificing your health and you become a wreck along the way. And that was kind of years ago, my trigger point where I decided, yes, I wanna, you know, crush it, make an impact, build business and so on, but do it in such a way that you don't burn out along the way and still have time for the other areas in your life. So that's in a nutshell how I came to do what I do. Uh, that, that makes so much sense. And, and I think it's the, especially when you're starting out in an entrepreneurial space or even in a corporate career, right? And you've got a lot of pressure on yourself. You want to get results. 
it's it's always that tendency to push harder, push harder without really, I think, being conscious of, okay, well, am I getting myself into an optimal cognitive state to deliver in that in the time that I am working? For me personally, I know that I don't. Like if I'm exhausted, you're just yep. sitting at the desk and, and killing time and then you're saying, oh, I'm, you know, I'm working X amount of hours a week and it's it's a bit of an ego thing. Let's go, let's go right to the start, I think, because this is where, you know, like I think a lot of people get tripped up sleep you know there's this whole four hours sleep and i'm just going to work myself to the bone and that's how i'm going to get results um i don't come into that camp and i've definitely i've never been able to function with i know personally under maybe six and a half for a couple of nights but mm. I, I if i'm above seven I'm, I'm usually good but let's let's start with with your take on sleep routine um and and how you can optimize that and I love that you asked that question, Scott, right at the start, because it uh, turns out sleep is the most important thing. Like everybody heard about sleep, diet, exercise, kind of that's like these pillars, right? But turns out in recent years, if you check out what Matthew Walker is researching and why we sleep and so on, it's like sleep is actually the foundation that diet and exercise uh, are resting upon. Right. So if your sleep is not good, you will be more hungry, will be binging more, you'll be more tired, you will not be executing well in the gym. So sleep is really the foundation. So let's start with that. And and you're right, it's a it's actually the real epidemic or pandemic happening that people don't sleep enough. So guys, let's get this sorted first. And so uh, sleep is absolutely crucial. And first of all, there's different people out there who say like, yeah, you know, just a few hours and all this hustle mindset and so on. That's really bad, right? You got to make sure that you get the hours you need. Are, are those individual? For sure, right? You, you cannot say everybody has to sleep eight hours. That's not true. But the, the thing is, uh, most of the time, four or five hours are not going to be enough for you. I mean, the studies that uh, Matthew Walker have done, they showed that for a vast majority of people, under seven hours consistently have resulted in a measurable performance decline. So that's under seven hours consistently. And of course, there is this small percentage of outliers who seem to get by on five to six hours, but that's like because of a gene variation and so on. But that's like, don't, don't do that gamble. Don't trust that, you know, like that you're that person, like it's a very small percentage of people. So most people aim for those seven and above hours. That's like, that's your goal. And then of course, it depends a little bit. What I would say is this, if you um, know that you're super active and you know you have a lot of stress going on right now in your, in your career and maybe a lot of also stress because you have you know, like a lot of stuff to do in the family, in the business, or you're just super active you know, because you went to the gym a lot and so on, then give yourself more time. Give yourself you know, eight and beyond hours. Like, let your body get the rest it needs. And so what you need to be doing for this, the best, of course, is if you're able to hit a very consistent sleep time. That means end of your, uh, your day, start of the sleep, and then waking up. If that is the more consistent that is, the better. And so another thing that people ask a lot about sleep is, what do I do if I have like social commitments or things coming up? Or like you, for example, you know, have kids or something happening, emergency, I was, right? I was gonna yeah. throw you that I was gonna throw you that curveball because I can tell you routine and everything when you've got young children, which I imagine like quite a lot of people in their early entrepreneurial journeys have kids waking up, you know, wives are breastfeeding yeah. or whatever, you do, kids are coming into the bed. It is so hard to keep routine. 
Well, exactly. let's, let, let's touch on that because I think that's such an let, Let's touch on that. That's 100%. And it's not, it's not only kids, but it can also be other things, right? It can be, oh, you have this uh, social event in the, the city and you, you know, don't want to be the guy who leaves at eight, or, you know, and uh, you know, whatever happens, right? Or emergency with the family, whatever. So at that point, of course, you want to find a balance between being able to at least get some good, decent amount of sleep in and then sticking at least a little bit to the routine. What do I mean by that? Think more in terms of sleep cycles completed and then instead of thinking of, oh, do I get my eight hours? So what do I mean by that? If you, for example, get to bed later because of an emergency and you know the kid had, you know, didn't fall asleep or has, is, is sick or whatever, and you, for example, only get six hours in instead of your usual eight, right? let's just say six hours instead of usual eight, this is still four, four sleep cycles of one and a half hours, which is still good, right? And even if you get less, if you get only four and a, four and a half hours, it's still three sleep cycles. And so try to think, try to rather protect your um, sleep schedule in terms of waking up. So for example, you went to bed later because something happened with the kids. Try to still wake up at a similar time, thinking in these four and a half, six hours, seven and a half cycles, try to complete whole sleep cycles. And then if it wasn't enough, right, you slept four and a half or six and wasn't enough, rather protect the same wake up time that's better for your circadian rhythm and then make up for this if you can in the afternoon. You know, maybe the kids are, are somewhere in school or somewhere, right? And then take that one and a half hour nap to make up for that sleep. There's studies who show that this is an effective way to making up on lost sleep um, if you, of course, complete the whole sleep cycles. So, so lock the door in your office and have a nap under your desk. Exactly. I mean, it depends, <laughs> depends, of course, where you're working from. If you're working from a home office, you might have the luxury to actually sleep in your bed and, and take a nap there. Or if you are in, a, in an office, well, I recommend there's these, there's these bags, actually, which are called these how are they called? They're called Fat Boy, I think. Do you know these thingies? Fat Boy? That's like, I've not heard that one. Like, I don't know that. That's like that's like these um, these super comfortable thingies. Sometimes you see people in the park. Do you see this one? These inflatable ones, which you know, like you open up like this, oh, and then people just chill like the, the airbag, right? the airbag, right? Like yeah. you fill it with air, and yeah. then it, you can yeah. Just yeah. Use so it. there's yeah. like these ones, like as an airbag, which are portable ones, and there's these other ones which have like some material in there, and that's like perfect for getting, I'm not sure if that brand exists. I remember years ago, I, I, I was having a nap on one. It was called Fat Boy or Fat Bag. I may, maybe I'm mixing it up, but it's something like this. Basically, it's just a bag for you. you it's like a big, like a little portable couch, but just a bag and you lay on there and you can, you know, have a little side position or you have a napping position and you can do that 25 minute power nap or even, you know, shut your your office and like even one and a half hours if you need it really right and so that would be a nice investment actually for your office to have something like this that's a, that's a, that's a great idea I've, I've and i've heard a lot of people talk about having an afternoon nap it's not something that i've i've ever done um yeah i, I don't know why i just for me personally i've always felt like if i have a nap i'll just i'll feel groggy but that said i just i haven't really toyed with it but if if you need that to get through the later part of the day makes makes a heap of sense to me it, it's definitely it depends also because i know you uh, scott you're uh, really an early bird right you, you wake up early you hit the gym early and for you you're like executing hardcore and then you're ending the day pretty early right when was it usually end your day four or when was it 
Yeah, so I'm like my, I usually, and I wouldn't say I'm naturally an early bird. I think you can get yourself into that routine. Like it, on the weekends, I sleep in till I, I just let myself get up naturally. And that's usually between seven and eight. And I, I just take the foot off the pedal a little bit. During the week, I'm yeah. up at between quarter to five and five straight to the gym and then I get into the morning routine which we can touch on in a sec um but yeah I usually because I go and start so early I usually leave the office at three thirty-four and, and get home to spend the afternoon with the kids and, and just works trying to get in sync with my family it works what like time that. do you have lunch you lunch usually around midday and I don't eat midday. breakfast like I usually in a minute pass until till around the middle of the day um unless I've yeah. gone done weights in the morning then I might have something sort of protein yeah. based in the, in the morning. Yeah. Steve, for you, it's a bit different because you're, you know, you're having lunch around midday and then, you know, you have a few more hours in the afternoon until three or four until you leave the office. And for someone who, for example, starts the day later and then they, they still work until, you know, maybe the evening five or six, they have more hours in the, in the, in the afternoon. And so for them, uh, if their sleep wasn't good or they, they, they will definitely notice that in the afternoon, they will crash, especially after a heavy meal. So for them, this afternoon nap of not longer than 25 minutes will result in, um, in, in better performance in the afternoon. And, and I think that's an, an important thing, right? Um, it really comes down to understanding yourself somewhat and when you're, you function best in the day. So for me, again, I, like, I know that I'm at my cognitive best between... You know, whenever I wake up, I'm usually pretty good from an hour or so after that until around midday. Yeah. Then when, when it gets to afternoon, it's probably more maintenance tasks or, you know, yeah. light mental stuff. I'm in, in terms of deep thinking and problem solving and, and learning, it's, it's definitely in the morning. So what would you what would you recommend in terms of, you know, figuring out what your natural cycle is and when you best work? Because some people work are more creative in the evening, for example, right? Yeah, yeah, that's 100% correct. And there's, for example, you know, these this popular tests out there by uh, the book the power of when by michael Royce, the sleep doctor you know the chronotypes you know like where you're like a lion when you wake up really early then you're like a bear that's like the the average and then the wolf are the people at night who are more active at night and the dolphins are the people who have insomnia and they can't can't fall asleep so that's like a, a rough categorization I, I always say you have to be cautious though, because some people they say, hey, I'm super active at night and I get this second wind of energy at night. But some, some of that is also simply related to bad habits. If you know, have the computer screen in your face all evening, you will of course not be tired then. And that of course, you know, it will, will disrupt your sleep later on and so on. So what you, do, <clears throat> what you should do first um, to figure that out is you should remove all of the unnatural artificial bad habits like especially everything that goes against your the, the rise and fall of the sun that's like super important for example it's not normal to wake up and be in the house all day we didn't do that you know like we, we used to go out get light and all these things we move a lot we eat good food we hydrate and so these these basic habits that we always implement do that first remove things like a lot of technology, a lot of work triggers in the evening. It's also not normal at 10 p.m. when you usually want to wind down to check emails. That's not normal, right? That's like, that's not how it should be. Like you're not, you want to have immersion on, into work at some point and then you want to let go and recharge. And so when you let go of that stuff, after a few days and weeks, your body will simply, you know, will figure out what your tendencies are. So remove that first and then you will see 
if you rather wake up early with more energy or rather a bit later, and then you adjust to that. That's my advice for this. Perfect. Yeah. I think it's so critical in understanding yourself and how you operate. And then again, you know, you come back to people with families and young families and you, you got to try and work out how that works in sync with the, with the people around you that are important, but it's, you got to get that right. You really do. And I would say for me now, it's, it's, so I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old when they were one, two, three, it was really tough. Mm. That, that was hard, especially around a, you know, a, a fast growing business when we were in the first couple of years, that was difficult. I'm so much more capable of getting in a good routine now and yeah. family has allowed that somewhat. Um, but yeah, it, it's, 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 yeah it, it's the same. I have a client right now as well, who is a one year old and it's like, it's the toughest time, right? Mm. Making sure that they're sleeping through and all of that. And that is especially when the idea of uh, a good structured routine can still help, especially when you say, okay, let me try to wake up earlier so I get some time for myself before it's really time, you know, to, for the baby and, and before everybody else wakes up, right? So this is, this is a tricky time. You do some work, have to do some workarounds there, but you also know, of course, I mean, in your case as well, right? Once they're older, it gets better as well. And so there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. And I think it's a bit of a mindset thing in just understanding that when you are in that phase that you've, you have to be flexible that you can't have, you can't because otherwise you're just going to get frustrated. I'm a creature of habit. I, I like having a routine and I operate better when I'm in that, but when things throw yeah. it out and I think this is, this is a good thing to go down to later when you were talking about consistency, but you know, there are situations where you have to adapt, you have to adjust make allowances for it and see how you can work within that. Let's, let, let's get out of sleep now and move on to, to morning routine, because to me, this is, this is a critical thing for me personally. It really sets my, my day up in terms of, I think of, you know, getting those early wins and, and knowing what I need to do first thing to, to make sure of, you know, I have, I've got those wins on the board and I've, I've really set myself up to have a productive day. What are your recommendations around getting, you know, what a morning routine should look like, you know, I guess probably habit stacking to make sure that you get that in place and you're able to maintain it and not, not trying to do too many things at once, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of things to keep in mind. And actually, it starts with the night before. That's the most important thing. That's the same for sleep. If you fail uh, the night before, then your, your mornings are ruined. So if you wake up in the morning, you don't have energy, you're not motivated, you did something wrong the night before. So that's always the thing to look at. Did you, you know, not have food too late? Did you maybe, you know, work too late? Make, make sure that is on track. And then the morning is easier. So you can do already a few preparations. For example, what I like to do in the morning is a combination of a couple of things. And you can think of it like, I heard this analogy some time ago, the four elements. It's pretty cool to think about it. Like the four elements are, you know, like water. So you want to hydrate in the morning, getting up and hydrating. Then you have like um, earth. That means you want to touch the floor, which is the idea of either walking around or doing some exercises, like some push-ups, some squats, right? Or even better, if you have a garden outside, walk in the garden and, you know, touch the ground, touch the earth, which is like the movement aspect. Then you have um, basically wind or air, which is also related to that getting fresh air, opening the windows, having some contact there with nature. That's important. And then you have fire or light, which is getting sunlight, right? That's the best thing you can do, getting sunlight. 
And uh, these are already, you know, a few crucial elements. If you just, you know, think about those four elements, basically the hydration, the movement, uh, getting outside, getting some fresh air. If you don't have a balcony, open the window and just, you know, uh, get some fresh air into the house, open all windows, and maybe also get some sunlight if you have it. That's already an awesome primer. And then apart from that, um, Robin Sharma talks about, you know, the, 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 in, the empires, the interior empires. And it's always good. We, we talked about something for the physiology, which is the movement. But then other things you can implement as well, something more for the mindset and for the, for the emotional and spiritual side. And for a lot of people, that is like something related to silence and introspection, which can be, you know, there's tons of things you can do. And I encourage people to find out what works for them. For some, it's prayer. For some, it's meditation. For others, it's simply, you know, sitting down with a journal and recording their thoughts and, you know, and what they're grateful for. In the Miracle Morning, for example, they have this SAVERS, um, you know, acronym, which stands for scribing, affirmation, visualization, exercise, um, what was the other one? Uh, reading and um, savers, the other one. Forgot the last one. But this basically a combination of what you can do, right? And so I always say, get those first ones in first, the hydration, the movement, the light and the air to prime your circadian rhythm, to prime your biology. And then you can pick, pick or choose a few of the other ones also don't pack the morning routine too tightly so you have this like check 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 and you're running around and you're like well what is this it's not relaxing so this again depends as well on um, what personality you have right some people they're super groggy in the morning they're lacking motivation for whatever reason that's that's of course another symptom to diagnose but if you have that as a quick fix it would be helpful to have a more structured routine and take things off and get into momentum for others like maybe like you who are already like super powerful in the morning, they don't need to have too many things. They rather want to use their energy to then quickly, um, you know, get the gym out of the way and then dive into work because in the afternoon, they know they don't have so much energy anymore. So that's, that's how you do it. You line up a few things. <clears throat> you do a habit stacking, basically say, after I do this, I do that, you know, and have the, the location and time and place. And uh, yeah, and then you have your morning routine. And so also one word of caution, um, make sure that it's not too overloaded from the start and know it's refinement consistent or cons a constant refinement anyway. You have to refine it. You have to figure out, oh, I'll shift maybe that around, do that first or include something later. Don't make it perfect. I know a lot of guys in entrepreneurship are perfectionists. I'm also recovering perfectionist. And so approach it, you know, with that consistency mindset, and then you'll figure out what works for you. Yeah, there's so much good <laughs> advice in there. Um, where to start? So I, I, I get to, so one thing that was I know is a big friction point for me and is, is and has become a focus point, going back to what you're suggesting around it starts the night before. I need to make sure that I uh, have made as everything set up so that I have to make as few decisions as I need to when I wake up, because yeah. as you said, you wake up, you're a little bit groggy. I, I but last thing I do before I go to bed, my gym clothes are out in the bathroom and my bag is packed. I, I, I literally get up, my alarm goes off. I will get up, walk into the bathroom, put those clothes on and pick up my bag and leave just so I don't have to think. 
Because as soon as I wake up and I have to think, that's when you start making excuses and things become difficult mm. and there's friction, right? So that's that's definitely one thing from my side that 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 helps that part. Um, yeah, and my morning routine reflects a, a lot of what you've you've said there. So for me, it's straight to the gym. I, it, the silence time for me is really getting into the office early when there's no one around. So that that helps. I come straight in. It'll be you know probably 15, 20 minutes of of journaling, going through goals. Um, habit tracking spreadsheet and then an nice. hour of reading and then into everything else. Sometimes I got to make some allowances because <laughs> we've got team cross geo and you got to, you know, jump on calls, but that's, yeah. that's typically what I try to try to do. So yeah, it is, it's just, I love to squeeze that meditation aspect in there, but sometimes that slips just because time permitting, but I do find that yeah. helpful as well. And that's also a good point. You mentioned that sometimes you also rather benefit from meditation, maybe in the afternoon or the evening, like a lot of people, when they have a lot of work related thoughts, it might be helpful to have a short, quick, not too long meditation in the evening to let go of that. What's also helpful in the afternoon when you feel like, oh, you know, like you had some meetings and your head is all over the place to have some, some intention setting to say, hey, how do I want to show up in that next meeting? How do I want to show up in that next work block and really prime yourself? That's that's also super powerful. And the other thing you mentioned, um, making sure that you have things packed. That's the secret for everything. And that's the number one reason most guys who theoretically know about these things don't do them consistently because they have not used the power of designing your environment to make things easier. They're still stuck in that old mindset of willpower, willpower, just, you know, push myself, do it. But they don't realize that long-term that doesn't work. Willpower is and, and, and then you get frustrated when it doesn't work, yeah. right? Yeah. So, then, let's, let's, just, let's, yeah. Let's just stop there for a minute because this is a really interesting thing because this happens with me. Traveling. Yeah. Because as soon as yeah. I get out of my home routine where my gym is literally on the road to work. So I don't have to think I, I drive that I stop there, I go straight to the office, it's all just perfectly planned and simple. Whenever I'm traveling, and I'm going and staying somewhere, I, I always have in my head that I'm going to keep doing this and make sure that I train and exercise when I'm there. But it's it's the first thing that I fall out of rhythm with when I'm when I'm on the road. How do you deal with that? It's, it's like uh, probably you need to have a... Um, so you say specifically for traveling or in general when you're in a different location? Any, well, I guess it's... Yeah, for me, I mean, for me personally, and I think a lot of people in our space, maybe not right now in the last 12 months because we've had you know, COVID yeah. and everything else going on. But you know, generally, we do probably travel quite a lot. And, and I find that a disruptive thing to my routine. And, and I think yeah. for a lot of people, they'd find the same. But it could be anything, anything that's throwing, throwing yourself out. How do you deal with the disruptions to make sure that you keep getting the things done. And I think there's got to be some non-negotiable things, right? And, and for me, it's the exercise one because I know if I don't do that, I'm not going to perform best. And it probably has the most mental impact on me as well in terms of, uh, I guess, self-perception if I'm not doing that or mm. if I fall out of that routine for a couple of weeks, that's probably got the biggest negative effect on me. Yeah. Yeah. There's two points. So number one, let's, let's talk about the, the traveling first. And so the question is how long you're going to travel? What's the purpose of it? Because if you do like a two day trip, it might just be that you say, Hey, I'll take it easy on myself. Let's enjoy the city and, and so on. Right. That's another question. If it's like a seven day trip, then you'll probably want to think about how to keep my habits. And if you move like, you know, vacation kind of style, like one month summer, then of course. So the longer the trip is, the, the more you want to spend some time in preparation in terms of, can I do some preparations in advance? For example, 
when you book your hotel room, when you book your Airbnb, again, environment, can you make it easy on yourself? Do they have a good workout room there? Maybe do they have a good gym nearby? Maybe there's a already a healthy meal delivery service in the hotel or nearby in the city somewhere. Just it takes you know, like you, even your assistant can research that for you, you know, like just give a checklist, please. I'm traveling, check these things, make sure, you know, you, these are the criteria. Again, you make it easy. You can order meals to the address. You can order, like, you can make sure that the, you know, the gym is close by. So it's easier for you to just go quickly, go down the hotel lobby or, you know, whatever. So these are a few things. And the other thing is you want to look at in terms of routines and habits, what I call like having a core routine, because there's some routines that you can do wherever you go to, for example, having a cold shower, meditating, you know, uh, these are things, even a journal and writing that in your book, these are things you can do anywhere you go. And the secret is to either stack them towards things that you do anyway, like waking up, directly doing uh, push-ups, then directly cold shower, then after the cold shower, directly meditation. This is a stack which is independent of the environment, right? You just wake up anywhere and then you basically follow that. If you want to make it easier, the other thing is see if you can adapt your environment in a, in a bit. If you're living in an Airbnb or a hotel room, can you like put a med meditation pillow out there, right? Or can you like put the journal already there so it's easy to follow these things? Can you maybe, uh, if you have like a little workout plan that you follow um, at home or in that Airbnb, if there's really no gym nearby, can you have that written down? Just, just a few exercises that you follow directly. Again, don't think, make it easy. You just walk there. Okay, go down five push-ups. Let's go. You know, like just get into motion. And so that is, that is if you, simpl you simplify it, right? And it, at least it's yeah. doing something. It's better than nothing. Exactly. That's and that was was my second point that I want to want to cover. So we have these uh, adaptions and preparations of the environment, but the the most important point is you have to think long term. You have to think, okay, um, this is going to be a few weeks of the whole year, and what is worse? Worse is if I have this all or nothing mindset, and I think like, oh, I can't have my one and a half hour gym session uh, because I don't have materials, or you know, the gym is too far, whatever. So. I, then I'm not going to do anything. That's the worst thing you can do. But if you say, I think about my identity, and you talked about this idea of self-image and how I feel and self-respect and how I view myself, and say, I'm an active person. I'm a person who works out. I'm an athlete. So what does an athlete do? You know, <clears throat> an athlete, he finds a way to work out anyway. And that means you have to lower your bar for success. And this is something which I also go through with my clients. It's like this idea of three divisions. And by that, I mean, you have a division one, a division two, and a division three. Division one is incredibly easy to stick to. It's like this good enough. I can do that anytime. Division two is a bit better. It's already nicer. And three is awesome. So take the example of exercising. The good enough little rule that anybody can do always is like, for example, five minutes of exercise. Like five minutes and you have like, I just do these 10, 10 push-ups and this 10 thingies and so on. Division two would be ramping it up, maybe with a workout on an app that you have. It's also easier, maybe some 20 minutes. And then division three would be to go to a gym or have a full workout for one hour, right? And so the idea is not anymore uh, all or nothing, worked out hardcore or not at all. On those days where you're super busy, oh, let me get my division one in. Let me just, you know, do that, show up. And chances are your work 
working out already. Oh, it feels good. I still have some time. You go into division two and work out a bit longer, right? And then you can I see that. how it goes, right? And that's the setup that for those most important habits that you feel like you struggle with sometimes, ask yourself, are you two or nothing mindset? And how can you break down those habits into divisions so it's no more zero days, but it's at least that division one. And that again, reinforces your identity. I am someone who works out. You will make that time for it and you show up anyway. So that's my take on that. Uh, I love that. I think that's amazing advice because I think the tendency generally is, and just from my personal experience, it, it tends to go to that all or nothing as soon as I'm thrown out. But I think if you've got that baseline, okay, I'm just going to do two, two sets of push-ups to exhaustion, a couple of sets of squats and, and some sit-ups. At least I've done something. And, and I've, yeah. I've kept that momentum. And I think a lot of it's about momentum because once you get back to that point where you've lost it all together, then you kind of got to go back to square one and build it up again. So I think amazing advice there. Um, so I think we've really sort of set up, okay, what's, how do we set our day up in the best way possible? We're now into our day. We're trying to maximize, you know, how we're using our time and our focus and our productivity. How do you approach that? What recommendations do you have with the guys that you work with? Um, and, and yeah, look, every, everyone wants to, you know, I guess ideally work less hours, but get more out of them. How do, how do we do that in an optimal way? First of all, you have got to have some structure and some agenda that you follow in your day. So you have to have a good schedule that is structured to protect your deep work hours in the morning. So if you're, if you're the owner of your business, you, of course, make your own hours and you decide where you go. Of course, you have meetings, but you still have also some control over how to schedule them if you really you know, make that happen. So what I always recommend is, first of all, set up your schedule in such a way that your energy and your focus is protected in the morning and make that time uninterrupted by any communication, no Slack, no, no email, no meetings, nothing. Even if it's just one hour, you know, and if you don't make that, then you got, we got to work on that sleep and make you wake up earlier. So you get that one hour in, right? And that one hour is for those important, but not necessarily urgent tasks. And so this is the idea, you know, like uh, planning out next steps for a campaign of a hiring someone or business strategy or that stuff where you need creativity, but it's not that urgent that you would need to do it today, right? And so this is the stuff which usually gets procrastinated on if you don't make the time for that. Can also be, you know, crafting some good copies, some, some content, other stuff that otherwise would get procrastinated on. Apart from that, the second part of the morning would be about what I call the focus block, which is more those important and urgent things. Can be client communication, client work meetings, if they are really important. Otherwise, meetings and conversations would be best to have in the afternoon. Because as you said, the, the focus declines there. And then for these communication time style tasks, and that's the best time to do that. So the idea is you, you work from a calendar, you use time blocking to block your schedule, and you make sure that the prioritization is in line with when you have the energy. So in the morning, deep work, important, not urgent tasks. After that, the important and more urgent tasks and, you know, making sure that this, these fires don't interrupt you in the early morning hours, because once you go into the fires, it's very difficult to get back and, and, and have some creativity and focus in the morning. And then in the afternoon, you again have maybe a few more work blocks, more communication related. And then very important at the end of the workday, you have a 
clear separation between work and outside of work. Because if you're dragging, there's two things. If you're dragging work always into your personal life and you're checking email and stuff like that late in the evening, well, you have problems recharging. It will affect your sleep and your performance the next day is compromised. The other point is that you don't create a sense of urgency for yourself. If you say, oh, I could work also until eight, you can also procrastinate now because there's no reason for you to get stuff done. And so give yourself that time where you, you can do it on a weekly basis, but also the night before and the morning where you say, that's when I want to end my workday. Okay, that's it. And best case is you do it like you, you have some accountability, some why for why you have it, which for you is, you know, the family can also be for others, the gym. I want to hit the gym because otherwise it gets too crowded and, and, you know, and then everything else drifts outwards or you have an, you know, a meeting with your girlfriend or you have a, with some buddies where you like want to hang out for, for an hour or something. That's always good social accountability because then you have a reason to end work on time. And then once you have that, you work backwards. What needs to happen in my workday? What are the deadlines that I set for each work block and also for the meetings? And then you bring much more, much more assertiveness into each day because you know you have a deadline to meet. And that's like Parkinson's law. The more time you give yourself for anything, the more you will also use it up. So give yourself a bit less time and then you'll, you'll stick to your work blocks. Yeah, I, 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 I totally fall in line with that. It's, I personally work better with, with tighter deadlines. You know, even if you go back to school, I was always a crammer. It wasn't important until the last minute. Um, but I, I, think, I think another thing that's really important that we, when you're going back to and talking about, you know, keeping your mornings clear and, and sometimes, especially for me, that can be difficult because a lot of my team is uh, US-based. So we're dealing with different geos. I think one part is really, I guess, getting really good at saying no. Like there's, mm. there's a lot of things that you just have to say no to to protect your time like that. And for me, you know, internally, I'm, I'm often the one that's the most uh, vocal about I need an open calendar. I don't like having meetings, especially when you've got meetings scattered because then you find you've yeah. got an hour here or 90 minutes there. I like to have big three, four-hour blocks mm. where I can really, you know, get into the zone, focus and dive deep into something and, 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 and you know, sink my teeth in or I feel like if I've got an hour by the time I get into the headspace that I need to think in the best way possible you're usually halfway through and then you've got to stop and it's just really disruptive yeah getting into flow what what, what are your thoughts and recommendations around that and you know the the importance of it yeah first of all to to double down on what you said that's also related to flow is you can uh, have a theme for your day you can for example say that you have only a couple of days where you take calls and then you really batch those calls throughout the day right that's it's also better to get into that flow as you said and then the advantage is that on those other days you have maybe no calls and then it's like really nice you can just creatively work on the important stuff so if because of time reasons time zone reasons with other you know us and so on doesn't work for you then think about this setup with the with the day uh, themes so that's one point and the other point for the flow is this you want to ask yourself is my is it easy for my brain to get into the flow and that with the background in mind that our brain likes to associate the setting and the context with an activity for example, 
if you uh, go to bed, you want to make sure that you, when you go to bed, you don't, you know, you necessarily don't have your laptop in there because then your brain is confused. And it's like, are we sleeping now? Or are we working here? Right. And so when you reserve different environments for different activities, it will be easier for you to get into the flow easier. So that means when you work, have a dedicated workplace. Also, make sure that you don't do anything else there apart from working. You know, don't like whatever, like chill around, watch a movie or whatever. Don't do that. Like you work when you work, work. And when you chill, go somewhere else and go to the living room or, you know, go outside, take a walk and do that. Like have those separations in terms of environment. That's super important. And then apart from that, there's some, some nice tricks you can do. Uh, for example, you're kind of focusing music like Brain FM is a big one that you always have a starting ritual with. So that's another another trick. It's like similar to how you start your day that you started with the morning routine because we thrive on, on this routine. And then, you know, you build that momentum. Same thing for any task. Sometimes people struggle with procrastination and it's because they're lacking clarity and they're not in momentum. And so the momentum comes from taking action first and so in any case it helps to have processes for your most important tasks in some task manager or even in a habit spreadsheet i personally track each day when i start my work day i have one column which is called start work ritual and i just tick it off if i did it and in that column i have a description it says step one put in headphones step two click on brain fm Step three, get into a good working position. You know, sometimes I'm slouching and doing weird stuff and I'm always have to remind myself to, to stand good and so on. And then step four, um, start a timer. And then step five, do I have clarity on what I'm working on? Do I need to break down things more? Because sometimes you're like, oh, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> and so this is such an easy ritual. I just go in there. Okay, today I'm not motivated, but I can put in my headphones. I can also start the brain FM, right? And so this already gets you into a better mode and your brain knows that, ah, oh, that means work is starting now, right? So find these little rituals you can implement for yourself, make it easy to get started and make it fun as well. People like different kinds of playlists. On some days I like this massage spa music, which is super calming and grounding. Other days I like these binaural beats from Brain FM. And you know, and you can even implement things like these uh, essential oils that you spray. That's also cool because it, you know, like you have different smells in your brain, like mm, that means focus right now. And then you get started. So that that's these are a few tips. That's that's uh, so interesting. The music component, you know, when I when I think about what I listen to during the day, first thing in the morning, when it's in that. I guess, clear mind, thinking, reading, learning space. It's, it's usually lo-fi beats or, or Baroque classical. Yes. It just sort of yeah, gets yeah. me in and into that, that headspace rhythm. No vocals, obviously. But then if it's later in the day, you know, when we're talking about after midday and, I, okay, I've just got to get stuff done. It's just checking off tasks. So it's usually more upbeat, like... I grew up with a lot of punk, surf punk and, and, and <laughs> grunge and that. So it's usually something that's a bit more energetic that I can just sort of, that, that helps him push through the afternoon, that like that yeah. music energy. So I think music, music's a huge part there that, that I find really interesting. Um, there was uh, something that was coming to mind as well that was triggered from what you were talking before. I can't remember exactly what it was, but 
as entrepreneurs, we all, uh, that's right, coming back to like mindset components here, right? So as entrepreneurs and, and marketers and, and people who are you know, always trying to push themselves, there's going back to the Seth Godin term, there's always the inevitable dip. Everyone goes mm. through those phases where, you know, you, you just, you can't get your head clear and you sort of touched on it before where, you know, you lack that clarity um, and struggling to find that motivation. And maybe it's a loss of focus on, on, on your purpose or whatnot, but when you're struggling, when you're going through those those phases where you're finding it hard to get motivated to find the reason for why you're doing what you're doing, what, what are your recommendations around that to try and get yourself back on track if you if you veer off the path? Man, that's such a good point. And I think a lot of people can resonate with this right now because if everything's been going on in the past few months, and I can, I want to tell a quick story, I can resonate with that really hardcore. It was also tough for me, I have to say, in the past half a year to a year. Like, especially last winter, which in Europe is, of course, you know, starting from like October, November. What happened with this? You got to imagine first I got nice COVID and I, I lost my sense of smell. And then I uh, basically here in Budapest, the, it gets dark at around 4 p.m. in winter. So like super dark. It was cold outside. It was gray. Gyms were closed nothing to do like it was really hard right i like there's like all the joy that i have from my life from working out and all these things gone <laughs> and i didn't smell anything but good good job so that was also for me where i felt like man that's like you know that's like difficult but what helped me to stay grounded in that time and to show up anyway was this idea of number one what's my identity what's the kind of person i want to reinforce and be today and so that's basically, I have a, a list of character traits. I have a list of reminders that I've accumulated over the years and even my vision, you know, a vision board that I have. And I made it a habit to review that stuff and keep myself on track, especially the reminders, you know, this idea that this too shall pass, you know, this, this idea that, you know, thinking long, long term, focusing more on the process instead of the outcome, focusing on showing up. Like all these reminders that I've accumulated over the years, they help me tons. And then the other thing is that, again, am I too all or nothing mindset right now? Am I being too hard on myself? You know, and understanding that life unfolds also in energy cycles. That's a big, big uh, thing I learned over the years as well, that it's totally normal that after a few months of working hardcore, you have a month which is a bit slower and you should actually anticipate that. It's like in the gym, you know, the idea of progressive overload, working out, working out, the weights go up. And then you want to take a week where you do a deload, right? Where you take it easier, right? You still work out, but you take it easier. And so this is the idea as well, that it's totally normal that you have uh, energy cycles and anticipate that. And then also uh, prepare for that by, by giving yourself some pampering time, you know, like whatever is possible where you're at right now some people they have massage salons open or spa places or some trips in nature with your partner wife whoever and this is like super important that you anticipate that and that you're not too hard on yourself and the not too hard on yourself comes from the reminders been there done that you know like focus on the process look at what have you accomplished already think long term in the grand scope of five to 10 years, having a few weeks or two months or so, being in a dip is nothing. It's just about you getting back on track. And then the other thing is what we talked about before, this division setup. Maybe I will, you know, that's what I did. 
I couldn't work out in the gym, but I still said I can find some alternative. And I usually worked out in winter outside next to the river. There's some workout spot. If I couldn't do that, I had like a short posture correction and, 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 and basically home workout thing that I followed at home, even if it was just 15, 20 minutes, right? And I know it's like, I, I'm not 100% happy with like my progress I made in that time, but that's totally normal. I know when the gyms open again, I'll get back on track and all of these things will get back. And so this for the mindset is super important. And one thing I wanna give also people to think about, if you guys invest into the stock market, right? But in the a stock only goes up for years, for years, no correction, no correction. You'd be freaking suspicious and you're like, something happens here, you know, you even expect it. But for yourself, you expect that everything goes always perfectly fine, no correction, no setbacks, nothing. Isn't that strange? Yeah, like, everything so should be linear. Everything, everything should be linear to the moon, right? And I think that's yeah. so that's so true. Like we, we've just we do have this tendency to be so hard on ourselves and the expectation. And I, you know, we one percent better every day. One percent better every day. One percent better every day. And then if you sort of feel like you're not doing that, you feel like you're underperforming or underdelivering or, or not doing the best that you can. And then it's easy to get into that negative cycle and. Which can take, I guess, can turn a dip into something a little bit more prolonged. But I think that's so critical in what you're saying. And just don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, that's 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 an again. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs have this uh, this innate uh, drive anyway, right? We got into entrepreneurship because we want to make stuff happen, and we have this characteristic of you know, like we're rather driven than not driven, right? That's that's usually what entrepreneurs are. But we maybe too much on the side of, of, of giving too much and being too strict on ourselves. And so sometimes you got to learn also to say, man, good job in the past few months, take it a bit easier, right? And like, don't, don't burn yourself out and like enjoy the process along the way. That's super important. And so the thing is this, when you have some good habits in place and they don't have to be perfect, that's important, but you're consistently doing things that take care of yourself right? That is basically the, the physical component. If it's reading, it's like just, you know, some, some mindset things, some meditation and so on. And think about it. If you're investing into ETFs, exchange traded funds, right? This is simply not most entrepreneurs probably know what that is. What you're doing is this, you're thinking long-term. You don't expect that this thing in half a year or a year from now makes these crazy returns. Maybe you expect it from Bitcoin, but not from, from ETFs. From ETFs, you think like this, I'm going to invest in this thing for 20, 30, 40 years until retirement. I don't care what's going to happen. I put like, you know, 500,000 bucks in there per month. I don't even know how much is in there right now. And it doesn't matter whether the stock market's going to crash. You know it will every 10 years or so. You just keep investing, keep investing, keep investing. Because over a long investment horizon of 20, 30, 40 years, studies have shown that on average, it will always be higher in the long term than, than where you're at right now. So that means, you know, there will always be some return. And if you ask yourself for that right now, do you really think that in five, 10, 15 years right now, no matter what uh, slump you're in right now, you will be worse off than right now? No, you will not. You will have learned so many things just by showing up, focusing on the process, you know, trying, not being perfect, but giving your best. 
And that, that's the mindset, that's the mentality, showing up, giving your best, but good enough. And then also not being too hard on yourself. And it's the compounding effect with that, right? Like, I mean, I'm always coming from that, that aspect that you're just building and building and building and building. And it's that little bit all the time. Uh, and I think if you keep that focus and exactly what you're saying, you're not trying to go from zero to a thousand overnight. It's just that little bit and little bit and little bit. And over the next five years, you know, what you're building on in five years time is going to be so far above where you are now. That's where you're going to start seeing those in base. I, like for me exactly. personally, I've seen that over the last 10 years when I look back at where I was 10 years ago, but it's just been chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And then you look back 10 years later and go, wow, I've, I have actually made a lot of progress. It's, it's, and you have yeah. to make that look back, looking back as well. That's important, you know, that you that you smell the roses kind of and give yourself that reward because otherwise it's always like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. You're always chasing chasing something, but you're never enjoying the journey along the way. And the the, the that's like I heard this awesome uh, little meditation by Sam Harris from the Waking Up app. Highly recommend it. He has these little moments which pop in and give you these little daily reminders. And he said the biggest mistake is that happiness is expecting that happiness uh, lies at the end of the journey that someday you will get there and someday you will be happy it's not possible you will only be happy along the journey by enjoying the journey by you know by by, by showing up and doing the right things that you resonate with every day and so that that's the mindset never fall trap to just sometime somewhere yeah i couldn't agree more you know if you're waking up in the morning you're not feeling like this is something that you enjoy doing, then you should probably take a step back and, and think about, okay, do, do I need to look at a different direction in my life? Like, to, yeah. to me, the, the biggest litmus test for that, for me personally, was always on a Monday, am I waking up and I, am I excited to go and do what I do or am I looking forward to the weekend? And if I'm looking forward to the weekend, that probably says a lot about how I'm misspending five days of the week. And then time to stop and, and sit back and reflect and, and what am I going to move exactly. towards? Exactly. And it, it, can be, it can be a macro reflection towards saying, am I doing the wrong thing? Am I spending the wrong thing on my time on? But it can also be that you simply don't make time for your body and recharging enough. It can also be it's a warning signs for your body that there's accumulated uh, sleep deprivation. You haven't uh, recovered yet. Or you just need also some time to unplug from all the demands. You can be super good and passionate about your business but you kind of set it up in a wrong way that like everything comes at you and you do all the tasks that maybe in the business you shouldn't do and things like that and it just drains you and you can still be passionate about the vision and the thing you're doing but just the day-to-day -day and the recharging and the, what you do every day that's 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 messed up so use these warning signs as reflection have also some days off where you don't use the phone, you go into nature, you let the mind wander, come up with some nice solutions for yourself. And that's, you get, that's where you get the best breakthroughs and ideas for the future. What about, um, what about forcing yourself to take, again, like this is just such a tendency of, of, I guess, entrepreneurs in their nature to they struggle to force themselves to take that time away. I know a lot of us in our team, we almost have to tell each other, like, go and have a break. Like, you need to go and take two weeks. Like, a lot of our strategists, even, you know, they're, they're so, we're managing, you know, large, large amounts of ad spend. And there's comes, you know, almost like a high pressure environment, like a hedge fund or something like that, when you're dealing with yeah. those sort of numbers. And a lot of that, whether it's, you know, conscious, subconscious, whatever, the stress can build up. You need to take that space to move away and, and think and, and recharge. How do you, how, what, 
like how would you approach that you know scheduling that getting what you need in place because i think a lot of times people feel like they can't they can't yeah. but and I, and I think it's a bit of a misconception that things are going to blow up if i go away for a week or something when they're not yeah. in reality I think in a company environment, um, like for example, in your specific example, it, it's really about the leadership guys like you are leading by example. And so the company culture should encourage that. Like people should know it's like work hard, play hard, which means when you work, you work or when you're home, you're home, you know, like things like that. And, and when you're in vacation, you're in vacation. And so this should be part of the company culture. It should be respected and it should be encouraged. And it should also be seen that you're doing that yourself. Right, that you yourself taking time off, and it's good, and that you encourage them to do so. I think that's the first thing. And then the other thing is also uh, they need to learn to reignite and connect with their passions again. Because if you're in business, you know, it's nice to be in business, but I talked with another guy who's a big agency owner in the US, and he said, most people who he talks to on business events, they're so boring, all they can talk to or talk about is business. And they're like, they don't have anything else going on in their life. And so this is also a reason, that's my, my, uh, my opinion, that a lot of people, they have trouble letting go because they have nothing else going on. What, what are some hobbies you did as a teenager, right? Maybe you were like into motorcycling or you were into like, you want to learn some languages or you dance and things like that. Like reigniting with that stuff that lights you up. It's so funny. That's good stuff that helps people in uh, on a daily basis with the evening routine by not reading a business book again, but maybe reading some fiction book or watching a documentary that you're so excited about. Maybe some some tech geek or some uh, astronomy or I don't care. And the same thing. I, I, just, like, I, just, I, just, I just let my wife choose the trashy Netflix thing that we're going to watch for that night to keep everyone happy. And that's my mental switch off. Exactly. And, that, and that's totally fine if that's what you need for a switch off. But Think about what are passions of yours that you might have neglected. Business is not the only thing in your life and it can't be a passion and your main passion even, but you still can have other things that you were interested in. Maybe for me personally, it's I love those uh, documentaries about uh, nature and, and space, you know, like this David Edinburgh stuff. I love that. And I love also like Neil deGrasse Tyson, like the cosmos and the science and the physics. So good. I really, it was so, so fascinating for me. And it's like really, it, it lights up the inner child in me. And so you ask yourself, what is stuff that really lights you up that you look forward to where you say, well, I can't wait to take those two weeks off. You know, we have this awesome activities planned and it's like, it's going to be so nice. And so that's another driver that will help you to take it off to enjoy Enjoy the time taking off and then come back recharged because you, you know, it did something that really uh, fulfills you. Yeah. I think it's so huge. And uh, for, for me, it's, it's what you touched on in, in going back to nature. Like for me, it's always been surfing and, and being in the mountains. Like I love surfing. I love skiing. I haven't yeah. had as much time over the last 10 years to do that, but it's always something that I know if I'm going on a boat trip or, or I'm going to the mountains, I know I'm just, you can lose yourself in that moment if you're in nature. And I find like getting yeah. out and doing something outside is always a, a good thing. And, and for me, I prefer those types of holidays as opposed to sitting by a, you know, a resort pool and drinking and cocktails. You also, I'd rather you, do something. You also, you also get out of your head. That's important. If you know, when you do activities like that require a lot of concentration or speed, you know, like skiing at a fast speed or snowboarding, you be concentrated. You can't think about the ad budget, right? You gotta be in that moment, you know? And that's another important thing uh, that do those activities that, you know, force you to be present. And that that's also important. 
Man, so true. Man, this has been a really, really good discussion. And honestly, I could probably sit here and we could talk about this stuff for three hours, but we're getting close to the end of the time. Um, let's start wrapping it up and let, let's just think about, okay, if we wanted to distill this down into say five points that people could take away to focus on, you know, for the next few weeks that, that are really important to get in their lives, that they can start getting more out of themselves, um, maintaining that consistency and setting themselves up for the best performance from a day-to-day basis, what would, what would your recommendations be? I would say definitely uh, make sure that you see that everything is connected. That's number one. Everything can, is connected in your day. That means start to approach the evenings already in such a way that you know the next day's morning will influence the next day's evening. Everything is connected in your day. So that means make sure in the evenings, that you have time off for yourself, have a separation between business and personal. That's important, that's number one. Number two is value um, value yourself more. Give yourself time that you need. Don't be so hard on yourself. Make sure you, know, you take time for your body, for relaxation and so on. That's important, especially if you're already a high achiever who has that drive. And then number three, I will say, think about how can I make it easy for myself to do the things I know I should be doing. And that goes back to not relying on willpower, but designing your environment. That's like the crucial element for everything. And then the other thing, maybe another point we could mention as well is make sure that you know why you do all of these things in the first place. Make sure to have, you know, like have a few ideal character traits that you really want to reinforce. But when you are at your best, this is how you show up. And the reminders that help you to get into that zone. Collect a little list of, of those reminders. Collect a little list, write them down and have them in your office. Write them down, put them in your office. When you have that low phase, you review that. Oh, that's when I was at my best. That's what was my thinking. Those were the reminders. And fifth and final point, I would say a lot of people know about to-do lists and scheduling. We talked about this a lot. Why don't you have a not-to-do list? Maybe you haven't tried it yet. Write a not-to-do list put that in your office and write down all the things that are your kryptonite. What's your kryptonite? What kills you, you know? Write it down, write not to do that. Don't do that, da, 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 da. And prime yourself in the morning on these things because most of the time you'll be successful by simply avoiding the downside and, you know, just showing up and avoiding temptations and things that get you off track instead of always trying better, better, better. Just standard performance without distractions is already good enough. But these are five points I think that will help you. That's, that's beautiful. Uh, that last one, I think we discussed it on, on our call as well. And, and Essentialism by Greg McEwan was a book that I read over the Christmas holidays. Had a really big impact on, on that specifically, you know, really and a question that I come back and keep asking myself as much as I can consciously all the time is what's important right now? And what's yeah. not important? What are, what are the things that just aren't important that I need to, you know, get out of my life, clear out, create space, you know, whether it's going in your, into your wardrobe and getting rid of all the stuff that you do not wear that just takes up room and, and cognitive load. Um, so that's that's definitely a book recommendation. I think that's a, that's a great, great place to end it here. Killian, thank you so much, man. This has been such an enjoyable conversation. For someone who's maybe looking for some consultation or help or just wants to, you know, get more awareness of, of your space, where can they find you? 
100%. Check out our Facebook group, the High Performing Agency Owners Group. Um, maybe we have a link in the show notes about that as well. And apart from that, or if you want to learn more about how we might be able to help you, just check out KillianMarker.com. That's my first name, Killian Markert, my last name, .com. And there you can also find some case studies or also book a consultation with me. Perfect. Everything will be in the show notes. So anyone, reach out to Killian. Absolutely amazing at his craft. And thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It was awesome as always, man. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Growth and Greatness e-commerce podcast. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And if you did, we'd love for you to leave us a review on your platform of choice and help us reach as many people as we can. Now, if you're a brand founder, an e-commerce entrepreneur, or an in-house marketing manager looking to accelerate your growth this year, reach out to us at Right Hook Digital. We're a performance branding agency, and we specialize in partnering with e-commerce brands to help them hit their growth goals with maximum ROI. Now, if this sounds like a solution that you need, then check us out at righthookdigital.com and schedule a call with our client partnerships team. They'd love to have a chat with you and see how we can help you grow in 2021.